Welcome back for another episode of the Playsheet Podcast. I'm Charles, and this week I'm joined by nobody. Absolutely no one. So I'll keep this relatively short because debates with myself uh, tend not to be that long. But look, the obvious clear first place to start this episode is going to be talking about Damar Hamlin. I mean, for those of you who don't know, but I don't know who those people are because it is the only news this week. Terrible situation where Damar Hamlin had a cardiac arrest on the field during the Bills versus Bengals game. You know, rightly so, the game was stopped there and then and the players and the management, they all agreed to not carry on playing and finish the game as it is. Now, the good news is that it looks as though he's making a fairly solid recovery, which is fantastic news. It's kind of positive signs um, coming out from his camp around his recovery and how he's progressing in hospital. So hopefully it looks like there's going to be a nice, good ending to this really tragic bit of news. Look, within all these stories, people come first. And we all know that. The players know that, which is why they said that they didn't want to carry on playing. The coaching staff know that, which is why they stopped the game. The pundits and the talking heads know that too. And I think something that I don't really want to dwell on for too long, but I feel needs mentioning, is Skip, of all people, in the kind of talking heads world. He's catching some flack, which should come as no surprise to anybody who knows Skip. He's always been a controversial talking head, to say the least. But um, I suppose it was just really a very quick conversation to go into the ins and outs of, of whether that hate is justified or not so very quickly here's what he said on twitter this is what has gained him a lot of heat he said no doubt the nfl is considering postponing the rest of this game but how this late in the season a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome which suddenly seems so irrelevant and this was posted very soon after the incident, which is why I think a lot of people had very reactionary initial takes to this. You know, during a situation in which a player's life is at risk, talking about how the outcome of this game affects the regular season and thinking about how it gets played out felt inconsequential. But, and I can't actually believe I'm jumping to Skip's defence in anything, in this scenario, I feel like that's what Skip has identified as well. You know, he ended his tweet with, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. And to be perfectly honest, I don't see a major difference in this tweet from what the commentators were saying during the game. You know, when Hamlin went down, obviously, first and foremost, thoughts went out to, to Hamlin and, and what was happening in the situation. And it was dealt with care. But then they did talk about how important this game was to the regular season and to playoff standings and then finish that with, but all we care about right now is the health of Hamlin. And, and I don't see what is so different from Skip's tweet from, say, what the commentators are talking about as well. I, partially, I feel here that the hate for Skip is coming more out of a hate for Skip than it is necessarily for his tweet. I think his tweet, although the timing may not have been ideal, 
is relevant. You know, he's a talking head who is paid to have an opinion on the NFL. This game not being played has a major impact potentially on playoff standings. It was right to talk about the magnitude of that so long as it didn't overshadow the situation and so long as we don't lose sight of the important thing, which is the player in this scenario. I don't think Skip went too far. I don't think the commentators went too far. I'm talking about it now. Hopefully nobody thinks I've gone too far, but it is something that needs talking about. But listen, you know, as I mentioned, first and foremost, we always think about the player's health. And and I think everybody in the industry understands that and knows that. So at the risk of catching some skip heat here, I'm going to go on to talk about the options available to the NFL now with regards to this game. You know, where do they take it? There's talk that they could push the playoffs back a week and eat into that bye week before Super Bowl. But from my point of view, that seems super risky if the NFL want to protect their headline event. It was only a couple of years ago, if you didn't remember, where Mahomes nearly missed the big game with Turf Toe. And that bye week in between the previous game and Super Bowl is what allowed him to rest up enough to come back and compete. And I think by removing that bye week, you really risk a situation in which you have two of, you know, essentially the best teams in the league, certainly in terms of playoff performance playing against each other, but potentially without their strongest lineup available because little niggles, little knocks, as we know, as we've seen throughout the season, they happen. And that bye week allows those two teams to, as best they can, providing there's no major injuries, get back to full strength for the big game and put on, you know, the biggest spectacle of of the season, the thing that we've all been waiting for. So it seems like, uh, look, none of these outcomes are the ideal outcomes. It's, It's not a dream scenario, but... To me, that feels like, although it fixes the problem of being able to play all the regular season games, it puts at risk the headline act. Then the other option is they don't play it. They don't see it through. They finish as is. And then if it comes down to it, then win percentage becomes something that potentially gets looked at as a result. Look, it is a tricky one. I think that the NFL feel actually they're in a relatively good situation in terms of options because the way they have decided to view this, certainly in terms of their planning, is that actually it's not too different to the plan B, plan C, plan D scenarios that they had to create during the COVID outbreak. If you remember back during peak COVID, there were whole swathes of games that were called off, cancelled, postponed, pushed back. And so it feels like at least the NFL has really gone through the kind of worst scenarios of having to rearrange matches. And so it feels like this isn't a wholly unique position for them, Um, but we'll just have to wait and see what falls out of that. And everyone here on this podcast, obviously wishing DeMar Hamlin the speediest of recoveries and, and hope he can get back to doing what he loves, you know, when he's ready to do that. It was an absolute freak accident. Nobody was to blame in the scenario. And in sport, these things happen. You know, we saw it with Ericsson in the Euros. And it's 
awful to see. It's horribly scary. It must absolutely shake the players on the team and the opposition team to their core to kind of witness that on the field as it happens. So, you know, thoughts go out to those players and to Hamlin himself and hopefully everybody can recover as quickly as possible. So after all that, really the only remaining thing to talk about on this episode has to be the kind of run into the playoffs. Who's in the hunt for the wildcard spots and what does that bigger picture look like? Now, obviously, Joe isn't with me this week. He's not hiding from me because of the Green Bay Vikings game. He did actually have his firstborn child a couple of days ago. So big shout out to Joe and his wife, Maddie, and their new baby daughter, Faye. So wonderful news for Joe. Unfortunately, it means I can't grill him. I mean, he's been giving me so much flack for Green Bay this season. And the one week in which I can return the favour, he's nowhere to be seen. So, you know, well done, Faye. You've saved your daddy there. But... Let's talk about, well, I'll tell you what, let's talk about the AFC first and then we'll finish on the NFC and I can have my 30 seconds of glory and just sit back in the joy of knowing that Joe will be listening to this at some point. So the AFC right now is super murky. I mean, no positions are solidified. First place is currently held by the Chiefs, but were the Bills to play that Bengals game, win that game and win the game they're going into this week, that there is a potential that they could overtake the Chiefs. So number one spot's not set. And then below that, it's all a bit up and down. In terms of clinch division, Chiefs and Bills have clinched their divisions. They're set in terms of, of winning that. In terms of having clinched at least a playoff berth, you've got the Bengals, the Chargers and the Ravens. So As a result, those five teams are guaranteed to go to the playoffs. Beyond that, in terms of the playoff picture, you've then got Jags, Patriots, Dolphins, Steelers and Titans. Now, Jags, Titans are playing this week. That game is going to be a must watch. You know, whoever wins that clinches their division And they will jump straight up into fourth spot. So then really, once you've taken either the Jags or the Titans, you're left with Patriots, Dolphins and Steelers. Now, of those three, Patriots are in the strongest position in terms of being ahead of the others. They're on the exact same record, but it comes down to divisional record, head-to-head, things like that. The only problem is... The Patriots are playing the Bills this week and the Bills still have a lot to play for. So they're not going to rest easy. They're not. And then you're asking the Patriots who have their destiny in their own hands to beat the Bills. If they don't beat the Bills, you've got to look just behind them. Miami are playing the Jets this week and the Jets have nothing to play for. They're not in the playoff picture. They've been a bit of a car crash these last few weeks, as we've mentioned a few times on the podcast. And then you've got Pittsburgh playing the Browns, who, again, have been very up and down. So it feels quite wide open. Uh, Look, despite the Patriots only needing a win to secure their place in the playoffs, if I had to say my money would be on the Dolphins. I think that the Bills are going to be a tough team to beat. They've still got things to play for. I mean, that 1-2-3 seed is not set. And depending on what happens in terms of playing out the remainder of the games, 
it has massive implications on home field advantage, the teams that these top teams are going to be playing against. So AFC, it feels wide open. Uh, You've got five teams that have it secured. There's still those two wildcard spots that people are going to be fighting for this week. I think the Jags-Titans game is going to be a super interesting one to watch because basically winning you're in, losing you're out. And then it's going to come down to Patriots and Bills, in my mind, and Dolphins and Jets. Steelers, it's a big ask. You're asking the Dolphins to lose, you're asking the Patriots to lose, and then you win over the Browns. So I think really... If I had to say, I'd put it on the Dolphins. So moving then over to the NFC, we're in quite a similar scenario. First seed is not guaranteed. The Eagles could, with what looks like they had it absolutely locked and in the bag, due to the injuries that they've had, let that completely slip away. Now, thanks to uh, Green Bay's victory over the Vikings last week, The Vikings are out of that hunt. They can't take that um, first seed anymore. Love you, Joe. But Cowboys and 49ers are still contenders for it. If the Eagles lose to the Giants, then that gives the 49ers an option with a win over the Cardinals or even the Cowboys with a win over the Commanders, an opportunity to rise above and take that first seed. Now, looking at potential scenarios you have to say that all the teams that are playing from those matchups, apart from Eagles, 49ers and Cowboys, who still have a hell of a lot to fight for, the other teams don't so much. Giants are locked into the playoffs. They've secured their spot. They can't rise any higher than they are in sixth. So they don't really have a lot to fight for. They may want to rest a few players to make sure they're good to go for that first playoff game. Likewise, Cardinals uh, versus the 49ers and the Washington Commanders against the Cowboys, they're two losing teams. They've lost their opportunity to make playoffs. What are they fighting for now? Not a lot. So it's going to be a weird series of games, I think, where the 49ers and Cowboys are going to go ham. But it all comes down to, I suppose, whether the Giants are going to put out a team that's looking to challenge the Eagles or not. And then, of course, there's all sorts of permutations for second, third. The Vikings have a nice game against the Bears this week. So you'd like to think that they at least have third place locked down. But they'd need the 49ers with a lovely matchup against the Cardinals with everything to fight for to lose that game and a win over the Bears for them to progress to second seed. So it kind of looks like third seed's locked for them. But that... First, second seed feels quite wide open. Then beyond that, you know, Bucks are set. Cowboys could swap places with the Eagles and Giants are set. Then looking further down to see who are going to take those wild card spots. Look, I'm feeling slightly smug right now because on last week's podcast, when I was asked to put my money where my mouth was and give a bit of a prediction on which teams I thought would would be there... I said Giants, Seahawks and Lions and there they are, six, seven and eight. Now, the Packers, they're a team that has been clinging on for dear life. But in a rather weird scenario, despite the fact that they're ninth, they're arguably the best positioned to take that seventh place wildcard spot. 
in so much as a win for the Packers means that they take that spot. With regards to the Seahawks and the Lions who are above them, they need a win plus something else to happen. So despite the Packers being in ninth position, their destiny is in their own hands. Lions and Seahawks who are currently above them due to various other records, weirdly, they need something additional other than a win to to make it through. So for the Seahawks, if they win their game, they need to make sure that the Packers don't beat the Lions and the Seahawks are playing the Rams this week. And then from a Lions perspective, even if they beat the Packers, they need the Seahawks to lose to the Rams. With regards to the Packers, if they beat the Lions, that's it. It's game over. They make seventh place. So for a Green Bay fan, super exciting. Uh, For a Seahawks and Lions fan, frustrating. But they've both got, well, look, you know, Seahawks have the Rams who don't have the best record this season. Five and 11. Seahawks are on eight and eight. It's a winnable game. Lions, on the other hand, they're playing the Packers, both Lions 8-8, eight and eight, Packers 8-8, eight and eight, and they're two teams that have really found form in the second half of the season. I think this is going to be a hell of a match. We talked about how the Lions have come on leaps and bounds. They've brought in their new defensive coordinator and they're looking strong defensively. Offense hasn't really been an issue this season for the Lions. They're in a strong position, provided that the Rams can cause some sort of upset. From a Packers point of view, they've gone on a a string of runs and the win against the Vikings, which was a rather dominant win, is going to leave them with a lot of confidence going into this. I think the only thing I would say is, on paper, that Vikings win looked awesome. And I was watching it, and again, it was another one of those weird Vikings games where... A bit like when we saw the Vikings play the Colts and the first half of the Colts, the rub of the green, everything was going the Colts way. It seemed to be a very similar scenario with Green Bay that pretty much managed to to last throughout the duration of the game. You know, doinked kicks that hit the crossbar and went over plays that you thought were dead that were being kept alive. It's There was quite a bit of fortune there. And despite the high scoreline, I think the offense, it was deceptive. The offense wasn't actually that amazing. You know, Aaron Rodgers, 159 yards, one touchdown. We had three interceptions and a kick return. Special teams and defense did us a world of good that game. So I've still got my question marks there. It feels weird because you'd think after a 41-17 win against the Vikings, going into a game against the Lions with everything in Green Bay's hands, it's theirs to lose. You'd think that I should be a very positive fan, but defense stepped up big time for us there and they're going to need to step up big time again against the Lions because they are a team who can score. I suppose my question marks remain around the fact that Lions now themselves have a very solid defense and I'm not convinced that Green Bay have fixed their offensive issues yet. Look, having Bakhtiari back had a huge impact. You could see Rodgers looked a lot more comfortable. He had so much more time in the pocket. So hopefully these things click for Green Bay, but I think it's going to be one to watch. So I I mean, for me, if there's a couple of games that I'm picking out this week, it's Green Bay Vikings. And I'm going to be really interested 
Obviously, we spoke about it last week, but Jags is a bit of that kind of London team franchise, Jags versus Titans. They're the two games that I'm definitely going to have my eye on. So I think that pretty much wraps it up for this week and leaves us where we are. I'm not going to go too much into the Green Bay Vikings full breakdown. I'll spare Joe that. Let him let him enjoy his happy moment without too much misery there. But look, as I said, wishing a speedy recovery for Hamlin major celebrations to Joe and his family and to everybody else. We'll be back next week.